Hello, welcome to One Pipe, One Song. My name is Elliot Porter, and this is the show where we chat to a musician every week, uh, a songwriter, uh, and we have a, a pint with them. And we talk about one song which they've written and one song which is written by someone else which they absolutely love. And we kind of delve into their influences and see um, kind of how they are as well. So this will be going out on Facebook, um, YouTube, and for anyone listening afterwards, this is an audio um, podcast now as well, which will be on Spotify, um, Anchor FM, and all the kind of places you can find your podcast. Um, so welcome along, and um, I hope everyone's well. I hope everyone's staying warm in this very cold weather. Um, this week, I am joined by Alex Bailey, who uh, is an indie folk singer-songwriter and someone I know quite well um, from quite a few years ago on the music scene, as it were. So um, hello, Alex. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm staying warm um, in the uh, in the cold weather. Apparently, it's like minus six tonight or something. So, oh really? Um, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I, I I went out earlier and I was like, it's very very cold. So yeah, That's just cold. trying to stay uh, stay warm, stay sane during this time. Um, how is your how is how are you anyway? I'm yeah, I'm good. I'm in South East London, and we went for a walk earlier, and there was lots of. Uh, the pond was frozen. There was lots of uh, seagulls stood on the pond, which was quite <laughs> nice. <laughs> they looked really confused because <laughs> they're like, "Oh, this is weird." Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really happen in the UK, I suppose, very often. But... No, and and in London, like it, it never really kind of, it doesn't really ever get that cold, does it? So it's kind no. of unusual. Um, Especially South London, it's like a microclimate down there. It's like always. I swear, this I've never because obviously it was forty degrees. All around the country last year, but ever since I've yeah. moved to South London, it seems to summer seemed to be twice as hot. But yeah, 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 man. Yeah, I remember that day when it was about forty degrees. It's, it was I, I was in London actually that day. Yeah, it was baking. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, how is the kind of um, how is the the lockdown thing going with like music and stuff for you? Is it is it tricky or is it um, it's been okay? It's been okay because obviously work. I work mainly teaching guitar out of school, so that's fine. Mm. Uh, and then my private work's fine. Uh, music, obviously, gigs wise, I haven't done much. Um, but I'm writing and just trying to keep busy, and do do as much as I can. It is hard. It's a hard situation, especially. Yeah. I really feel for all the venues. I was playing at quite a lot, like the, you know, the Finsbury. You might have played there, yeah. Christmas. I've played there, yeah. yeah, yeah, good venue. And then it's just hard. I mean, I was looking at what the venues that I used to play at are doing, and it's just really hard for them. I just they're doing sort of live stream shows and stuff like that, but it's difficult, yeah. I know I've seen a few um, of the live stream shows, and um, it, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, because it's a great thing to do. Um, to get the artists in the venue, but it must be weird. I always think it must be really weird for the artist in the venue yeah. as well, like playing to a completely empty room, apart yeah. from a couple of like, I don't know, sound engineers or something. <laughs> it is hard, isn't it? And especially when you do uh, Zoom gigs or anything like yeah. that. So I've got some coming up, and I was wondering what you do. Do you like? Do the audience mute themselves? Because obviously, yeah, you can't talk over each other, can you? Yeah, so the the ones I've done on Zoom, um, I did one for like a boat, which where we were meant to be, <laughs> not for a boat, but for people on a boat. And um, we were meant to be on this canal boat, um, me and another artist, but they, yeah, they had like a moderator who muted everyone 
in between uh, when we were playing basically so that people weren't yeah like shouting over the, <laughs> over the music or like dropping like glasses and stuff yeah. um but yeah that 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 was i think it's quite easy to do as well yourself i'm not i'm not sure exactly how it works but yeah luckily we had this moderator who was doing it for us yeah um, so i could unmute then everyone could do their yeah. one, minute, one minute clap and then mute back yeah <laughs> actually that's clap. that's quite a nice part of it um having the clapping because yeah like when you do like just a live stream you just see people's comments don't you but on those yeah. you, you actually hear the clapping so it's yeah. a little bit more like um you know a little okay. bit more like being at a gig yeah yeah so I did, um, I did i did a couple of live streams at the start and then i kind of lost momentum towards the summer i think after it sort of got a bit elongated um yeah because i thought oh it's only gonna be a couple of months and then you know we we're into june and then i just started that's like oh, i'll start writing and and you know just hibernate a little bit <laughs> yeah it, it's funny you say that because I, I found exactly the same thing mm. i I stopped live streaming in about, oh, I don't know, July or something. And then I started again briefly during that November lockdown, which was like about a month, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and since then, I've I've just kind of like, you know, I've I've given up really doing the live streams at the moment. I'm, I'm doing exactly the same kind of um, hibernating away and kind of doing music, really. Mm. Um, but as it is 1.1 song, what, what drink have you got today? What, what are you drinking? I'm on... The finest Irish nectar that there is, a Guinness. Oh yes, I do love a Guinness. I do love a Guinness. So obviously the rugby's on, so I got a couple of Guinnesses in for the weekend and was watching uh, Scotland beat England, which was amazing. But then Ireland, my my dad, my mum and dad. I've met my mum and dad. I'm not sure if you have. I think I I think I might have met your mum at the Bishop Stortford Acoustic Club. Yeah, once yeah. when you I think as you were you were doing the headline, I came down then. Oh, um, right, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, that's where we used to see each other quite a lot. You, you, you used to play. That was your home ground, pretty <laughs> much, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. It was funny because I got into, um, I, I, I got into music promotion for a few years, and um, I, I did, I did some venues in London. Um, but yeah, Bishop Stortford Acoustic Club was kind of like the gig I would do all the time. And then I started running gigs like monthly at the Half Moon because. Um, they used to give me like free uh, like hire of the venue as long as I brought in enough people. So I was like, it's not that hard to fill that venue. So I was like, no. I was like, yeah, sure. So I ended up, I ended up being like a promoter there, which I never in, intended to be. I just wanted to play <laughs> gigs really. Yeah. Um, so I just used to put all my favorite artists on the bill and then I'd play a gig as well, mm -hmm. um, which was quite cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I think I first met you there and then um I definitely met you down in the studio. I, I, I think I was work, going to Dave's studio down in Rainer's Lane. Mm. Um, and I think you were working in Next Door or something like that. Um, yes, I had the little cubby hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was yeah. A weird, it, was a weird, it was a weird time, that whole studio period, because obviously we, me and Dave were just like hemorrhaging money the whole yeah. time we had it. <laughs> yeah. And like really... It was quite stressful. Well, I mean, it was definitely way more stressful for him, uh, but he's actually managed, he still has it, I think. Or, yeah. Uh, and now he rents it out, which was definitely the way to do it. But like having the overheads of a studio in London and then trying to fill it every week and was hard. And I was like working 
doing guitar teaching during the week and then going to the studio and then doing like two days of recording. So you're just like, oh, I'm just working all the time now. Let's do yeah, this. yeah. But, um, but obviously Dave was in the whole time. I wish I kind of just like committed to sort of, in hindsight, I think it's just commit to just doing being in there the whole time because maybe we could have made it a bit work rather than doing another job to facilitate it, which probably yeah. didn't make much sense. But then again, there wasn't the phone wasn't ringing off the hook. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I did I did like that studio. It was nice. Um, it was. It was good. I can't remember what I recorded there, but maybe it was up two or three songs or something like that. But yeah, it was really really nice. Um, so um, you've got a new ep out haven't you i believe yes new ep uh came out on friday called skipping stones um a little four tracks so it's lots of songs we've been working on in lockdown and a couple that i sort of started before um and some of the uh, some of the subject matter sort of resonates with the sort of lockdown period but i tried yeah. to make it uh, a bit more uplifting but some people say it's not as uplifting <laughs> But uh, it's, I think it's, I, it's getting quite a good reaction, so I'm pretty happy with how people are receiving it, so that's good, yeah. Yeah, um, and tell us about the song, um, the title track. So Skipping Stones is, it started off as a rough demo, and I wanted to do a track that was completely focused on falsetto, because I love Bonavere and this band called Whitney, who also is an indie folk band from America, LA, which is all falsetto vocal double tracked as well which is what i did do in the chorus but i didn't do in the whole song um just to push my voice a little bit um and i kept it really simple as well and i really wanted to sort of show off my voice a bit more because some of the feedback i've been getting from people is that you know the guitar parts were good and stuff like that but sometimes i the voice the vocal melodies are a bit secondary so i really want yeah. to showcase my voice as much as possible I've always sung a bit of falsetto, and obviously because I did a bit of like classical singing in the choir when I was younger, I oh, feel right, like I yeah, got yeah. that in my locker. But um, yeah, I think it came up pretty well. It's hard doing falsetto tracks. I think it's a bit of a shock for everyone when yeah. it comes out because, and especially when you sing it live, I think that's even more of a shock. If if, if everything else is in your chest voice. Yeah, you suddenly start going as I register as well because you've got some falsetto bits in legs, is it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Actually, yeah, legs goes into falsetto quite, quite a bit, and yeah, I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when I was listening to that to to your song there, um, I noticed that, that 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 it was in falsetto, and then there's a part in it later on where you use like, like a different voicing. Um, yeah, chest voice. Yeah. I really thought that was really cool, like how that. The, the contrast between the two mm. um is is cool and um but yeah like you say when you do when you do falsetto live some sometimes it makes people like get up and yeah. like go whoa you know yeah. <laughs> it was that famous like liam gallagher quote oh no Noel gallagher quote where mm. like liam because obviously live forever at the end of it's got that really nice falsetto uh, like live yeah. forever uh, and then liam goes falsetto Sorry, there's a bit of a delay I can hear back in my headphones. It's making me like freak out a little bit. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah. That's fine. Uh, so Liam goes up into falsetto and he re refused to do it live because he said it was really like camp, basically. And then Noel would have to do the falsetto. And it's just, I think there's a bit of a stigma, which obviously has gone away a little bit because of like Bonnevere and Whitney mm. recently. But I mean, falsetto, you didn't really hear many male singers singing falsetto in the 90s. And, 80s. I mean, a bit, a bit. Obviously, the Bee Gees are the big, 
yeah. <laughs> masters, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's interesting. Um because yeah, I I I go into falsetto a little bit, but I've never really like started a song in falsetto as well. Yeah. Is that is that tricky to do live? Like when you first start? It won't because obviously I've, I've only had to do it in the studio. Yeah, um, but I've been rehearsing it now for live streams that are coming up. Mm. It is tricky, and I think the other thing about it is it's the kind of voice that you definitely want a ton of reverb on. Yeah, and when you're doing these live streams, it's often really dry. But I think I'm just going to yeah. sort of embrace the sort of fragility of it. I think and mm. then you've got to think about it like that. Um, and, and and I love the fragility of it. That's what I love about falsetto, really. And yeah, well, that's what I love about it as well. Yeah. People often say, and they probably say it to you as well. They they often say that they like they like to hear like when I'm when my voice is like on the edge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I I quite enjoy it as well. It like it, it makes you feel a bit more kind of like alive, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. if, you're pu- if you're pushing it to 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 where it can go. I think. Um, this- the other thing as well, like the male voice and the female voice is sort of two completely different things as well. Mm. I think what people forget, and a female voice is always going to cut through the mix a bit better because it's just got that higher frequency range. Yeah. But then a male voice, obviously, you've got your chest voice, and then, like, I don't, my breaks around, getting a bit nerdy here, but, like, <laughs> F above middle mm. C, and then I go into the falsetto. But that sort of, there's a bit of a gray, like a gray area where it's actually really hard to sing, to hit mm. so that f i can sing but then there's a couple of notes after that i can't really it's too low for my falsetto and too high for my chest voice yeah and that's what my old singing teacher used to get me to work on the bridge and stuff like that but, yeah. yeah that's interesting you say that yeah i find i find that point as well like when i'm um normally when i'm doing like i don't know like a cover or something to tr- I, I often find it difficult to pitch like exactly where I want to sing it. Um, mm. I end up going through like four or five different keys and then coming back yeah. to probably normally coming back to the one I started on. But, yeah. um, and if I'm doing a song with like a, a female vocalist, I sometimes forget how different the voices are. So like yeah. it might be good in my key, but for, for them it might not be great. So yeah, uh, so I did interesting. A, I did a covers gig once um, and the female vocalist didn't know we had a cover for your vocals and she didn't know that Shaka Khan tune. Um, why does Khan? Oh, uh, uh, ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the worst decision of my life. Like <laughs> singing Shaka Khan in Shaka Khan's key. It was just, it was oh, my funny. God. I was, it was a bit of like, it was getting to the end of the set, like end of the gig. And I was like, let's yeah. just get over and done with. Like, I'll do it. So yeah. Just, <laughs> like absolutely murdered Shaka Khan. Wow, Com- completely off the cuff as well. Just kind of like, yeah, oh, I mean, I, I, okay. yeah, just do, I vaguely knew the lyrics and stuff like that. So just give it a go, get the gig over. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those moments where you, you, I've had it before, where you start a cover and you go, I haven't played for ages, and I start it and I go oh dear, I can't remember how this goes. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I'm no good at this. I should have remembered. I can't do this. But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't know that. You don't at all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's That's, funny. Do you find as a musician that people just expect you to know everything as well? Yeah. Especially you, because, you know, you're like the master of like these sort of, you do a lot of those gigs and stuff like that. People come yeah. up and give you requests, I imagine, quite a lot. They do. I When I'm doing the, the piano bar kind of stuff because I used to play a lot of piano bars in London when when they existed when they were kind of still there um 
and yeah, it's it, the more drinks people have that they they just kind of expect that you're a jukebox, like a human jukebox. <laughs> um, you know, no matter what style you've been playing in, they'll they'll throw something at you, which is like completely unrelated to what you've been doing and 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 they they do look genuinely shocked when you when you turn around and go no i i, I don't know that or i've heard of it but i can't play it and they go what why not you're a musician yeah yeah <laughs> it doesn't work like that you know <laughs> you just like don't have encyclopedic you just become a musician having encyclopedic knowledge of music but uh those i always like i take my hat off to because you know james say it don't you yeah i know james yeah. yeah yeah i'm gonna get him on here soon hopefully yeah, he's. I mean, he's the he is the man. At piano. Oh yeah, <laughs> and his the stuff sounds great. But like, I just find it, that kind of gig must be so hard because you've got how many songs do you get through in a night doing that? Oh, so many, so many. Probably I would say because sometimes I mean the gigs James used to play at the piano bar in Waterloo. I think it was. They used to play for hours, man. They were like, I was so in awe of that because I was like, I can't play for that long. Like the gigs I do maybe are like two hours, but they, sometimes they were playing for like three or four hours. So, I mean, I get, I could probably get through, I don't know, about 50 songs or something, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and they're like rotating the set every, like every time and stuff like that, aren't they? And yeah. Like, and, and I think that's the reason, one of the reasons he, he doesn't do so many of those anymore. Cause it's just too knackering. You're like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did one last year out of, after lockdown, which I hadn't played a gig for so long, like a proper gig, and I ended up doing one of those piano gigs for someone's wedding down in Bristol, and I'd forgotten how mentally challenging it is to remember all those songs and do them like off the cuff like that. And I got back from the gig, and I was like, "Oh my, I'm absolutely knackered," because I'd forgotten. Just when you get in the rhythm of it, you kind of okay, but after you haven't done it for like six months, it's like mm. a real shock to the system. But. Um, do you have to practice before you go do those gigs and stuff like that? I oh, what I tend to I tend to do no. is it's not really, but what I tend to do is pick out three or four other songs which are a right pain to play, which I think will come up. So I just kind of like try them just in case, like they come up. Um, most of the others I can kind of busk a little bit, um, but yeah, that the gigs normally are the practice for those, really. Um, mm. But. Yeah, if I haven't done it for a while, I tend to. But um, yeah, so we're going to get, I think we're going to get a few comments. I can see a few coming in here. What we'll do is we'll probably do the comments at the end of the show. So for anyone listening okay. on audio afterwards, we are out live at the moment. So we will get comments from people. Um, we've got, I'll put a few up to start with. Um, Usman Asif, can you say my name? <laughs> Apparently. Um, <laughs> this... This one's quite a good one. Um, this is what we were talking about a minute ago, really. Doing live streams where the song just ends with no audience to react is just like, okay, cheers. <laughs> it, it, so is that that kind of feeling. Um, and you you end up kind of like saying thank you, I find. like yeah, thank you. To, yeah. to no to one. <laughs> uh, and you sort of pause and then you're like, oh. Yeah. It's it's oh it's so like that and um, yeah just a few people saying hello so hello thank you nice. for um, thank you for being here um, hello Lucy what I'll do is I'll just bring these comments as we go and then if there's any like pertinent questions at the end I'll ask them kind of thing um, so let's I don't know should we should we play the song before we yeah, talk that... about it, we we might as well play it yeah. um, and then we'll kind of like go in a little bit. Um, 
further into it. But I should be able to just bring it up here, which uh, it should be prepared somewhere in my vast... Hopefully I'll put the right song on. Yeah, here we go. This is the one. Skip and stone
Oh. Awesome, man. It's really those nice comments. That's so nice. There's some really nice comments coming in, um, which is brilliant. Um, Falsetto sounds great from Stephen McLaughlin. And um, great tone, Alex, mate. Suits your voice very natural. That's really nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah. thanks. Um, I think it sounds great. Like that. I love I love the contrast between the, I think I said earlier I love the contrast between the mm. falsetto in in the start and the verses and then that that kind of like middle section where you come in it's like I think that's really powerful like um, and it, it's kind of a switch around to what sometimes people do isn't it like yeah it is a switch around and mm. I think I think what I, what I think about falsetto I just think about all those early videos of Bon Iver when he first came mm. out like the first time he plays like Skinny Love or like Jules Holland I was just like Mate, this is insane because no one was doing it. No one was like, no one had the like, the balls to like just yeah. be like guitar, weird tuning, big like burly sort of Americana guy singing like a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And it's just like everyone goes, "That's amazing! That's amazing!" Just like it's just like because it's it was just so different at the time, you know. And that's what sort of like propelled him to like you know superstardom straight away. Basically, wasn't it? Everyone was completely obsessed with that album in the folk sort of genre yeah uh and that sort of really stuck with me and i i really i do i was always singing a bit of falsetto and stuff like that i, I don't know it sort of came easy to me and i like it i think it's like the, what they used to say in uh the christian religion as well because obviously there's the castrati men who were like mm -hmm. men who had the you know basically their gonads chopped off so they, yeah. could sing, so they could sing the female high parts and they would just stay in the high register their entire life because they're you know, Jenna, you wouldn't go through puberty like that. Yeah. And then you yeah. can say it was the voice closest to God. And I think like there is something about it that's very sort of like um puts you out there in front of everyone. Like it's like there's nothing it's a bit uh freeing. I don't know, it's a really weird to say so Yeah, the the voice closest to God. I really like that. That's that's yeah. brilliant. Um that's that's really that's, cool, I didn't I didn't say that, but that's what they used to do. <laughs> I think it's because they had to cut their genitalia off with them. Yeah. Like, well, God's gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard sell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And no, you're right, you, yeah, because if it it does put you kind of right out there, kind of it's quite exposed, but it's kind of I like that and um it's um it's cool. And did you say like lyrically, like is that a song you'd say is inspired by the lockdown? Because you've got a lyric in there, I, th I think, is it, do I need this bringing me down kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that that's the chorus. I think I wrote mm. it a little bit before that, but <clears throat> I think it's basically about just like putting too much pressure on yourself to like mm. do stuff. And I think especially like being a musician and during this period as well, like, you know, there's always like a pressure to be like, Oh, this guy's doing loads of stuff. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. I need to be like super proactive all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I, I, I think I'm pretty bad for like actually like putting a lot of pressure on myself and just like mm. just try and enjoy the ride a little bit. Otherwise, you just like it's, it's, you just you just end up having the pressure and not enjoying what you're actually doing at all. I think a like absolutely. That. And we were chatting a bit before we came on about like all the stuff that you have to do kind of behind the scenes and everything when you're putting things out. And I feel like sometimes, yeah, you can get bogged down in in all the things that you think you should be doing or, you know, you, you think, like you say, other people are doing. And, you know, and actually it's sometimes nice to just enjoy the, the music, isn't it? And mm. um, put something out like that, which is lo it's a lovely song. And um, I, I guess I would normally ask kind of like how it, 
how has it differed from the studio version to playing live? But I'm imagining that <laughs> it's been pretty impossible to play that live. Yeah, I mean, moment. it has yeah. been impossible. Um, obviously, when I do it live, it's just going to be me and an acoustic. Um, I've been working quite hard on it to get the sort of the, the lifts and the drops because it's it, realistically, it's actually quite stripped back compared to what I normally do. It's like a C yeah. chord. It's like, you know, you box standard first position chords, but yeah. I, I can't, I also really like that style of writing sort of really simplified. You kind of, yeah. you know, the kind of songs where you pick it out from a songbook and it's just like a good song, no matter where you play it on yeah. the guitar. They're just good songs. Like, you know, the Beatles songs would say, would Absolutely. good examples of that. And then the Whitney and Bonnie Bear songs as well, you know, I mentioned before, I think are really good examples of that. Just it, really it, stripped back. It made me, it, it made me think of Bon Iver, funnily enough, as I was listening to it, like I, I like to do kind of, before I come on, I, I, I kind of go on a bit of a kind of like listening spree of all this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it made me think of Bon Iver, like that, that, that song when it came on, which, which I love as well. So um, it's brilliant. And wh where, where would you say that song was written? Is it, was it in London kind of thing? Yeah. I remember when it was written, I was, cause I, one day I have a week, I have like a couple of morning and then I go out and teach and I was writing all day and I was like, because you know, you're a songwriter as well, you know what it's like, like how yeah. many songs actually get out of there compared to how oh. many songs you actually write, it's like, I'm like, it's crazy, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> uh, so I've been writing all day and I, I, I wasn't really getting anywhere. And, I, and the other mm -hmm. thing I think is I, I'm really bad at just like not pressing record. So I'll be like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. Don't even bother recording it. But that you should never not record stuff, I think, because you can always go back to it later and then make a decision. So I was just like, okay, I've got like 10 minutes to go. I'm just going to put the record on. And I whacked a bit of reverb on and just put the mic on. And I just sort of like basically did some chords. And I was like, okay, sort of did yeah. the vocal. And then the, the chorus just came out straight away. And I was like, oh, that's quite good. That's quite good. And then I went back to it. And then it was obviously the next bit was like four months of like tearing it apart. Yeah. <laughs> Deciding oh. which what works and as you do. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy with how it came out. And I think it was because that was pre-lockdown, but then I suppose I, I, I finished off the lyrics during the lockdown, and I was kind mm. of like feeling like, it was probably summer by then, and everyone was like, oh, this is getting a bit tiresome, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, so that was the sentiment that I was trying to echo, and I didn't really want to, there are lockdown songs, you know, out people like releasing albums called like Isolation, and, yeah. you know, I think that's a bit like, um, or like, I don't see anyone anymore kind of album. I think that's yeah. a bit too like in your face maybe because everyone knows that. So maybe just something's yeah. a bit more veiled. Uh, but even though that's pretty, it's pretty obvious what it's about, I suppose. But, you know, it's a little, it's not as in the face as saying social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> the hands face space like remix kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I, I think, I think those, the lyrics in that do really fit that, the, the timing and the feeling and I feel like it's a really good time to release it as well like um I, I feel like we've gone through a period of quite a long time where like you say there has been a lot of the lockdown albums I mean 
Taylor Swift seems to have released like two albums or something <laughs> during this time. Um, <laughs> she would never miss a trick. Don't yeah. If there's, lo- if there's a lockdown that Taylor Swift's in the studio, pumping them out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, she'll be there. She'll be doing <laughs> it. Um, Taylor Swift. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I kind of feel like now, like, and that's why I'm, I'm enjoying doing these, these podcasts because I feel like, like, a lot of songwriters I know are then are now like putting stuff out there again, like stuff's starting to happen and come out again, which is, which is quite exciting. Cause it, it kind of felt like a bit like groundhog day for a while back there last year. Um, with not too much coming out, but, um, so do you tend to write on, on, on guitar mainly or, cause I know you play piano as well, don't you? And... I do play piano, but actually I find it, me and Dave have had conversations with this Dave Gerard who, you know quite well um yep. find it quite hard to write on piano i have written a couple of piano numbers but i haven't actually released any of them yet but i think i'm going to try maybe do some stuff next but i tend to write on guitar yeah um and actually yeah i do try to keep it quite simple um there's another guy i really like called Adam shelf and he's like he's obviously like a really good guitarist but like mm. he just plays guitar like incredibly quietly and it's all like really muted you just like you know that he's got it all in the locker but he never yeah. lets it out. there's something like on the you're like is he gonna oh no sort of on the precipice but uh so i kind of like that um and just getting back to the songwriting basics because i think you know the other thing i was thinking about the other day was you know attaching songs to moments and like how you know songs aren't just songs you think yeah. about like they've just done a new video for bob marley's redemption song and like loads of the kids that i teach really love that song mm. and like what you're singing about it's not just a song is it it's like completely attached to that period in time it's attached to Absolutely. like so many things in you know jamaican culture and it's just and i that's something I think it becomes increasingly harder to do and attach yourself to the older you get. I don't know if this is something you've maybe thought about as well, yeah. like to be part of like a, a visceral sort of young movement. And, you know, I think like it's, I think, I don't know, the, it's when you sort of like get mortgages involved and things like that, <laughs> it's just a bit like you're on starting to get away from that side of thing i don't know is that something you thought about at all yeah i i know what you mean yeah because i i kind of feel yeah i kind of feel myself kind of moving more towards um just the songwriting rather than being involved in in any kind of you know scene i I guess we've both been involved in in a scene or a few scenes like during our our time and um yeah i kind of feel now is like i'm kind of moving away from any kind of scene really and just just writing the songs and then seeing where they fit a bit more it's hard to have a scene at the moment <laughs> yeah it is yeah there is like a, a non-existent scene at the moment and um but yeah no i i could i completely understand that and um this this is a kind of a question which i quite enjoy um and i don't know if there's a, a an answer which anyone can always give but do you do you write in the evening or the morning or are you kind of like a, a sit down and write all day kind of kind of writer uh i treat it i try and treat it very sort of job wise so i'll yeah. write that i have wednesdays where i write and focus and then obviously when i was doing writing for other things like commercial stuff i do it on that mm-hmm. day as well so four days teaching like long days teaching as well yeah um 
and then Wednesdays I have off to sort of do my own thing although the teachings actually started to creep into that day as well inevitably <laughs> 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 happens but yeah I sort of I get up and I just start writing and it's it's like I mean if people sort of romanticize it but I think so it's right I think people who do well at it and do it seriously like yourself and other mm. people you know some other people we know they just it's like a job you just you get up and you just churn them out as, as quickly as you can and um yeah so that's so I, I'm, I'm a morning person i have I, I tend not to play in the evening i tend to sort of just like hang out with the fiance yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah wind down and and stuff yeah um yeah i i feel like it's a, a bit like that for me as well like i i used to be a writer that wrote a lot at night um but it's become more of a day thing now as well i i still do do stuff in the evening but yeah i i've 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 seen it more as a, as a day thing as time's gone on and especially lyric writing actually like i find lyric writing like if i go somewhere like Ooh. i often go to like a cafe or or a, or a park um or somewhere like different do you find it do you find it helps to change scene obviously at the moment it's very difficult to change yeah. scene that's um, actually really good advice because lyrics is the thing where i definitely fall down on like i think mm. i'm good at getting the melodies out and my arranging is okay you know yeah. having a knowledge of piano i think is like such a big help for that but lyrics i always yeah. struggle with um i don't often write lyrics away from so sometimes i'll write stuff on the train just note some mm. stuff down on the phone and stuff like that but uh, i use a lot of voice memos and just oh like, yeah yeah voice memos is the way forward. <laughs> Um, I think um, every songwriter always says that I hear interviewed, like, if you looked at my phone, I've got, like, thousands and thousands of voice memos just yeah. kind of, like... Well, I think everyone should do it. If you've mm. got an idea, like, if it's, like, a sketch or just, like, oh, that's a good idea, I'll, I'll just record myself or, like, write it down. I think I think there's people that, don't, like, you know, have... Everyone has ideas. Everyone's, like, sitting there going, oh, that's a good idea. And then there's the people who write them down and there's the people who don't. But I think like yeah. composers and songwriters and writers are people that sort of write that stuff down and go, okay, there's something in that I'm going to push it a little bit and, and go with it. But, Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. I'm always scared that I'm going to lose that idea if I don't write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the songwriting in parks and stuff, do you find that, do you, when you go to a park, does that inspire mm. you to sort of write about characters you see or does it just put you in a different, different sort of frame of mind when you do that kind of thing? Yeah, like... To, it it's definitely useful to kind of put me in a different space like um to to find somewhere else that i can kind of like take inspiration from rather than just you know my normal kind of place but yeah absolutely like the characters and and i, I was speaking to um um mg bolter last week and and he oh, writes a lot good. um you might know him as well actually he writes a lot um as he's kind of like on the train and and going around like different towns and cities and things and yeah i and and we were talking about definitely kind of like observing kind of people even if it's just someone walking their dog in the park mm. um it can help sometimes and and, and it, sometimes it just jogs something in my mind mm. um just to change scene a bit and yeah. the cafes are good actually cafes are good for you know seeing people and stuff that's where jk rowling she wrote the whole like the first Harry mm. Potter at the cafe, didn't she? But, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like 
I would, I would just love to go to a cafe at the moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Like, oh man, it's it, it, it it's been hard actually because yeah, for lockdown, it's taken away. Okay, parks are still there, but you can't. I mean, it's a bit cold to go and sit in the park for more yeah. than about half an hour. No. Um, but yeah, it's taken away those kind of places. And and um, I used to go to like, write lyrics in pubs sometimes, like in London especially, like yeah. Um, those like old pubs which are really quiet in the day so there'll be like one person in there yeah and yeah. um it can sometimes be really nice just because you've got complete peace and quiet but um apart from like some guy at the bar right you know drinking like a punt of ale or something packet of pork scratchings they're always there yeah where, do all the, where are all those people now that's what oh. that's a good question isn't it like where are oh, all the people yeah. that are like always in the pub yeah like, i mean what are they doing with their lives you know? I, I i i worry i do worry about them a little bit because you, you you do kind of they become like an institution in that in that pub don't yeah. they? and you think oh they're never not going to be there like and yeah. they've had a whole year almost of of probably not being there yeah um, it's probably like part like they maybe don't have well i mean i'm sure some of them don't but i like have people at home yeah <laughs> The pubs, like going to the pubs, like a good social thing to do, and yeah. you know maybe they like a drink as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the, and it, and it is it is a kind of a social hub, isn't it? And and I think, yeah. but as well, like you, you're probably missing gigs and stuff. I, the last um, the last time I saw you play, actually, interestingly, it was a really cool gig. Um, it was in the Servant Jazz Course. Servant Jazz Course, yeah, yeah with um Jamie, last dinosaur last dinosaur and jack in water i think yeah will, yeah amazing lineup and i remember that i remember seeing that lineup and uh and, and i messaged you and i was like i'm definitely gonna try and come to this because i know what it's like like musicians always go yeah i'm gonna come to this gig yeah. or whatever and i'm gonna try and make it but i was like i've got to come to that gig and it was it was superb but i miss those kind of places at yeah. the moment because all the people i know in the you know music scene go to those kind of gigs and it's yeah. you know missing seeing people like that really i suppose yeah i'm definitely i'm i feel really guilty i'm really i was always a bit bad for going to people's gigs i remember <laughs> seeing you in the half room quite a lot and stuff like that but yeah but uh yeah that was a good gig and jamie and will like super supportive lovely guy do you, you know do you know yeah. yeah yeah i know will and i know jamie a little bit um, yeah Jamie's been, they were both really, when I was putting the album together, they were really supportive. And I, I met up with Will, I don't know if it was before or after lockdown, because he was asking me about some stuff on the album, but he's obviously, you know, got that, that incredible voice. Oh um, yeah. I yeah. love like, you know, hearing those guys play. It's, it's a good, I mean, actually we talk about a scene that was, it's quite, it's a good little scene. Like there's lots of good guys, you know, there's Dan, uh, Dan Lumley as well. Yeah, uh, Dan Lumley, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. And obviously Bella, you know, um, really talented musicians around that area. Dean, I spoke to Dean Austin like for the first time of ages the other oh, day. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I haven't um, seen yeah. Dean for ages, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I love I love Jamie and I love uh, Will and they're doing incredibly well at the moment. Will's been really proactive during lockdown as well. And then Jamie obviously put the new Last Idus album out, which is really yeah. Cool yeah yeah i've seen a lot of stuff that will's been doing and i love it like whatever they put out it's always amazing and um no it's really good to see and and yeah it is a good scene i i, I like it and um i suppose this moves on quite well i don't know if you do much um kind of co-writing but if you could 
if you could co-write with anyone right now, <laughs> who who would that be? <laughs> I I co-write. I'd happily co-write with you. I think we could write with yeah. you. Oh, that'd be good. I think so. There'd be a merge of influences, which should work. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be really good. Um, who would I love to write with? Uh, is it alive or dead? Or alive? Let, let's say alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who would I like to write with? I, I mean, I've written, I like writing with Dave, obviously. Mm. He's very good. Uh, and I write, have you heard of Leish? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love his lyric writing and I'm doing bits and pieces with him. So that's who I am writing with. But, that's cool. were, but I really like, I love Fleet, new Fleet Foxes albums. So that's great, them. isn't it? Yeah. And I love Daniel Rosen from Grizzly Bear. Do you remember him? Mm. The, guitarist in grizzly bear i remember grizzly bear yeah yeah i used to love all their stuff um angel olsen i love to write for some female vocalists as well yeah. actually maybe just maybe do something that's not fronted by me might be yeah. doing that's maybe in the summer actually because i do i cut do you write other genres as well not just the genre that you do um well i don't sometimes like i've i've got a few songs which i'm interesting you say about female vocalists because i like working with female vocalists because i really like the kind of um distinction between the voices and different places i think i can take the music but yeah i've written a few songs which are like i would say more kind of um i don't know classical kind of showy kind of music oh um, which i think will work better with female vocalists so i've got a couple of songs which i'm going to try and pitch to people um, oh that's really cool yeah they're kind of like more old-fashioned kind of like um yeah like showy kind of songs um but that generally i don't normally write out of the genre really i'm in no mm -hmm. so um, i quite like to do like a basement jacks style project oh yeah yeah, yeah. so jamie fallon's the singer in my band she's got i did a couple of tracks with her which yeah. actually sound pretty good i have to say <laughs> but yeah uh, she's really cool actually i, I yeah, like her, her voice she's got a great voice she's yeah you know have her own thing going on as well so yeah cool. yeah no that, yeah it's cool but yeah i think i think collaboration i'm going to do a lot more of this year than i've i've done recently so yeah it's definitely um, a good thing to do during lockdown definitely man um okay we've got a few questions i think um I, i've i've lost count a little bit of the comments so sorry to people that are commenting i don't know if we've seen this one i think we have that's good um Irvan says hello. Hello, Irvan. Oh, hello, Irvan. And um, this is my mum, actually. Um, Claire, who has been the biggest influence for your music? Good question, actually. Yeah. Oh, the biggest influence. So I would say my influences are rooted in the folk genre. Yeah. I love 60s folk. So Davy Graham, mm. Jackson C. Frank. Um, Nick Drake, John Martin, I love all those guys. And then Jose Gonzalez was big influence on my guitar playing when he came out with that song that was on the Sony Bravo you have many, many years ago. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, remember that? that yeah, the, yeah. Jack was absolutely obsessed with Jose Gonzalez. I remember that was like one of the first gigs. He just passed his license and we drove up to Cambridge to go watch him at the Corn Exchange. Oh, sweet, yeah. Like, man, it's got, just the whole, all, the whole, like, band is just in its guitar playing which is just you know i love and then john martin and nick drake are like you know exponents yeah. anyway um 
so that 60s modern crossover is what i try and go for yeah uh, yeah and i think like um nick drake's off, often described as like a, a great kind of exponent of the atmospheric kind of um yeah kind of songwriting and, and yours your songs capture that as well like there's always i love that word atmosphere in recording i just think yeah. without it sometimes you know you've you've got a good song but if you if it's got that atmosphere which you you managed to create it it takes it to another level for me yeah. like just it, chucking it, words it. yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i think i think it i think it was dave actually who, who taught me about putting atmosphere in my songs because normally i just have like the song and then i you know i'd see what happened and then yeah yeah just throwing like reverb and, and and a few bits and pieces of weird instruments sometimes helps doesn't it yeah totally um, space you know letting the chords you know not playing when, and then playing and stuff like that i think you're yeah. i really like i listen to legs and that's like mm. very kind of americano it's got that really nice big drum sort of feel and stuff like that it's good yeah yeah that that was one of the songs which came out really well from from the album i, I was i was well pleased with that one and um, yeah it's a good track good track check it so, out yeah cheers <laughs> but um no yeah no and i suppose that we've got about 10 minutes left so that kind of like um leads on quite nicely to um talking about the cover which you've presented so basically for anyone listening who doesn't know this is one pint one song so we have a pint we talk about one song um which alex has written um and then we talk about a cover but actually just before we talk about the cover because i've forgotten about this but there's a song on the ep and i'm really terrible with roman numerals which which henry is it about again is it henry oh, the henry the fifth henry the fifth that was it i saw i saw it um pop up earlier and um just quickly tell us about that song because i'm always fascinated to hear about uh songs written about kind of like um historical right. figures and characters yeah well so I don't want to give it away, but I watched the mm. film. There's a great film called The King on Netflix. And then I did a bit more reading into it. Henry V obviously won the Battle of Agincourt. Yeah. Um, and that song's a bit is about is about that. But I think he was quite reluctant. It's a bit like it's kind of that age. I think this is like the Shakespeare story of Henry V, where he was like quite a reluctant king. Mm. And then he became king. He was like the best king ever, and he won like the big battle. And then he died in obscurity, which is the backbone for a lot of like stories, like you know the Game of Thrones and all that stuff, kind of read, um, based on it. And the sort of idea of this reluctant hero is like perpetuated yeah. from Shakespeare's Henry V. Uh, so I read that a bit around the bit of it, and then the, it was sort of feeding into sort of like oh, myself being. What was, what was I kind of going for? Like, do I really want the things that maybe I was trying to do instead? Mm -hmm. Although I, you know, I do love doing music and stuff like that. But I think, I think maybe when I was getting a bit more, there was a lot of pressure on. Like maybe two years ago, there was gigs. Like, with, yeah. I mean, I really, I'm really super appreciative of the gigs that I was getting. But there was certainly a, a, an element of like, oh, I am like under pressure, and there was a lot of organized because people, especially when you're solarized, it's different for bands. There's no yeah. one to load with. There's no one to like go, okay, you do this, you do that. So you have to like organize the people that you're going to be in your band, pay them all, yeah, get them all to the gig, 
make sure they're well off rehearsed and stuff like that and then yeah. you're like get all your mates down it's like it was like it was like a like another full-time job on top of um playing and I, especially when you're where yeah. i was and where i pretty still am it's just like on I'm, I'm you know i wouldn't even say i'm on the cusp anymore but like mm. there was a bit of hype you know what i mean yeah like, trying yeah. to prove myself to the label so i think there's a little bit about that being like, oh my god, this is a lot of pressure, and I think relating that to being Henry V, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. but there's a good direct a direct quote from uh, Shakespeare's like the the youth of England is on fire for the king's desire, which is just I mean, wow, Shakespeare at his best. Is really That's awesome. great. Yeah, yeah, no, I that is... that, that in there because no one does it better than Shakespeare. <laughs> exactly, yeah, old old Will. Yeah, no one does it better than old. William Shakespeare, definitely. No, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that, that's that's really cool. And I completely um, relate to the the whole kind of solo musician thing. Like, you know, I've running a band and doing doing a tour or whatever, doing gigs and getting people down. And you, I, I kind of felt like I became like a manager, like as yeah, well yeah. as as it well is. as the artist. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially um, you don't have a manager. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that it is amazing and I do love doing it, but like I think it was just um it was quite intense and it all happened a bit quick rather yeah. um and I kind of feel like I don't know, it's hard, isn't it, with music? It's hard with being a band because you get a bit of hype, you know, you've you've been you've done like UK tours and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like, oh my yeah. god, this is going so well, this is going like and then you know, you come off the back end of that and you're like, Oh my god, what the hell do I do? Yeah, <laughs> what am like, I doing now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like and it's like and then you expect this is the other thing that I have to like mm. tell for myself is like if you have a bit of success, you expect success the yeah. next time round. So every song release, I'm like comparing it to the last song. Did it, did it do as well? Did it do as well? And then people say, "Oh, I like that song, but I don't really like this song." You're like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just like it's hard, isn't it? And and everyone's and it's music. It's it's not no one owes you anything, and yeah. everyone's to their opinions. But you, it's you just gotta. I think, and this is the whole thing that I'm trying to keep reminding myself and with the EP, the overarching message that I'm just, just like, you know, enjoy it for what it is. It's just music. You like yeah. doing music and that's why you do it. You know, that's the best thing to remember, I think. And it's okay. Yeah, I think I love that. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it's it's okay to just enjoy the music, I think. And um, we, I, you know, I'm certainly enjoying listening to, listening to it. And um, so, yeah. It does lead us on quite nicely. So tell us, you obviously are a big fan of Nick Drake, um, as am I. And um, tell us about the song which you've chosen uh, of his. You actually covered it, didn't you? Yeah, I did cover it. It's Riverman. It's like one of my favourite songs. Um, it reminds me of Much Haddam, actually. For some oh, reason. Much Haddam. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> because I used to live in Much Haddam and it's yeah. just like... Becky came by on her way. It's like that really sort of posh English accent that he sings. Yeah. It. It's like how everyone speaks in Bunch Adam. Yeah. It kind of sounds like someone knocking on next door's house, which I remember <laughs> like my mum just like dragging us around next door neighbors now. We cut to tea with everyone when we were toddlers. And it just really reminds me of that sort of like very village because obviously he was in Cambridge when he wrote it, but like yeah, yeah. Bushy villagey sort of feel. But yeah, I love it. I mean, and, and the instrumentation is great. It's in five four. It's, yeah. it's taken me years to be able to sing and play it, like absolutely years. Um, 
I've been working on it for. I'm always like, oh, I'll sit down and play it, and then never been able to sing over the top of it. But uh, yeah, now I finally got it. And I think it's one of those ones that looks de- deceptively simple to play because it's just four chords that cycle around. But to sing over the top of it because the groove's like, it's really hard to sort of do that and sing on top. I think. Yeah, so I think it's a really interesting song, and um, yeah, I, I really like the version. Actually, it's really cool, and um, obviously Nick Drake, it's it just he's just great, isn't he? And um, you know, with, with a long list of like other songwriters that we could list, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you chose that one. So I guess before we go, so what we're going to do, we're just going to play the, we're just going to play your cover out. Um, of 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 um riverman as we go out basically so um where can obviously people can find your ep which is out now i think yes it's out now on spotify i haven't got hard copies because i think that's do you still get hard copies of stuff like i did with my album but i I don't know if i'm going to bother again in the future because so Spotify, Tidal, all good streaming services, Bandcamp, if you want to support me and buy it, Bandcamp's always my, I love Bandcamp. Uh, they do those amazing, like, fight for uh, no, no. Oh, Fridays. No yeah. few Fridays. So if yeah. you want to buy it on one of those, you get all the money. Um, some people, I get a little bit of stuff on Bandcamp, but yeah, any any good streaming service, and I uh, hope you everyone likes it. and. Thanks so much for having me down, Elliot, as well. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming along, man. This is really, I'm really enjoying doing this because I just get to chat to people, have a beer and like talk about all the great music that's happening. And um, it's really cool. So thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you to everyone that's commented. And hello to everyone that's going to listen on the audio uh, podcast afterwards. I'll be back uh, next week with an upper, another episode and I'll be announcing who I will be joining me uh, probably at the end of this week. So um, for now... Um, thanks Alex, thanks for coming on and um, we're going to play your Nick Drake cover here so here we go